welcome to Spirituality Matters. Let's settle in and find that sacred space between here where I am and there where you are. And let us be reminded that the holy transcends our physical bodies and our time together is just as sacred and meaningful as if we were sitting beside one another. Okay, let's get started. Today's podcast is entitled Five Essential Things About What It Means to Be Spiritual But Not Religious. Now, it has been a while since I've discussed this on my podcast, and I felt like it was time for us to revisit just some of the basics that I've been teaching for several years. Because I went back in my podcast notes and looked at, we're going on three years now that I've been doing this podcast, and I found some things that I have spoken about before, but I just wanted to take a uh, time here to expand on some of those. So I'm going to make it very simple. We're just going to discuss five essential things about the spiritual but not religious path. And I want to start by telling a story. So I, I've told a version of this, forgive me if you've heard this before, about uh, some of the different times that it, uh, experiences I've, I've had about some of my videos that have gone viral. But before I say anything, I know that there are people out there who are trying to make something happen inside social media. And you are looking for that video that will go viral. The other day, I saw a video of someone who was mocking another creator who said that the video had gone viral and he he stitched a part of it and he said look lady your video didn't go viral with just a uh, hundred and fifty thousand views or something like that that's not going viral and you you can only go viral if it if it's millions and millions of views and I just want to tell you that that's nonsense that is a large creator kicking down, hitting down, and I don't agree with that at all. I'm going to celebrate with you if you think going viral is 150,000 views. If you think going viral is 10,000 views, it feels good and it affirms that there are people out there who like your message. So please just keep making content. And I know how that feels because the first time this happened, I know exactly what it did to me. It shocked me. So, and especially here, I'm a boomer. I don't really, you know, why I decided like in my 50s to go to back to college and getting ordained when I in 2017, you know, going to seminary in my 50s and, you know, it, just right before I turned 60. That's a lot. Why why would I do that? Well, it's because I had a message and a gift and the way we get our words out now, our messages out is through social media. So, that's what I began to do. But at the time, I was working with a business mentor, and I was frustrated with my writing. I just felt like I was making an impact, but it wasn't really going anywhere. And I didn't feel like my audience was growing at a place that I thought it could be. There were some people that told me my, my blogs had changed their lives. And I thought, okay, well, how do I get this out to a bigger audience? And so she kept coming back to me and talking to me about this and saying, well, let's look at who are you talking to and why are you talking to them? And I was so tired of talking about this. I had been writing all day and I felt like we had gone around this mountain several times and I didn't know what she wanted to, me to say. And finally, again, she said, who are you talking to and why are you talking to them? So I said, well, I'm just talking to the people who've been hurt by religion and they want to be on the spiritual but not religious path. And she said, okay, we'll teach that. Write about that talk about that. And I'm like, no, that phrase is so overused. Now I have to admit, I was hangry that day, that place between anger and hunger. That's where I was. And she and I had worked together long enough that I could be very direct with her. And that day I was. And 
she gave it right back to me when I'm like, no, that's so overused. I'm not going to say that. And she's like, I think you need to try this. This is where you really are narrowing down your message. I'm like, all right, fine. I'm going to go make this video about what it means to be spiritual but not religious, but I just want you to know that I'm coming back here to tell you I told you so when it doesn't do anything. And she laughed because, like I said, we had a good relationship and she understood that my pouting was sometimes what I did when I knew that she was going to get her way. And what I was really doing was acquiescing to her wisdom because I was wise enough to know that I didn't know everything. And that's another lesson for you, for those of you who are trying to create something, find people inside your inner circle that you can trust, that you will take their advice and you will listen to them because more than likely they're seeing something that you can't see. And yes, that's my dog who's waking up. Do you see him? He's, he's it. So he's deciding to shake a little bit. Y'all get it here. You remember, I don't know if you know, remember I'm in a little writing cabin. So literally I could reach out and touch the stairs that go up to the loft. I love it here. And he does too. This is my little rescue dog that's very reactive. And all he wants to know is that I'm right here. So this, this place fits him nicely. So again, I would just wanted this little experiment to be over. So I headed right to the back room where my lighting's good. Another point for you today where I needed, I'm going to record this video. So I picked up a trending sound because that's what you do on TikTok. I recorded it. I pointed at the beats and I then came back and said, what, what does it mean to be spiritual but not religious? Post. Now I'm going to go eat. I'm hungry. I'm done with this. And it wasn't even a few minutes and I could hear my notifications going off, but I didn't still, I didn't think anything of it because it's very common that my notifications go off all day. And at the time, my accounts weren't so loud uh, or, or large that I didn't, I still had my notifications on for them. So I didn't think anything about it. So I went in and I'm making lunch and my grandson was there with me and He's like, wow, somebody really needs to get a hold of you because it just kept repeatedly pinging. And finally, he said, I think you need to go check who that is, Tata. So I said, okay, why don't you do it and I'll finish lunch. And he did. He said, Tata, did you do a video? Because these notifications are all TikTok. And he handed me the phone. And sure enough, within that 15 minutes of posting that video, there were hundreds of notifications, hundreds of likes, shares, comments, and all these new followers. And I just kept scrolling through these con comments. And there were things like, I've never heard this phrase before, but I feel like you see me. Can you please exp explain more about this? Someone said, thank you so much for sharing. Now I have the words for how I feel. And people saying, I love this so much. Talk more. What does this mean? Instant follow. I want to learn more from you. And on and on these comments flowed. And then within days, my modest following of just a few hundred followers had grown to over 25,000. And as they say, the rest is history where more videos would go viral. And I'm still amazed that the account still grows. And I really owe it to that not so gentle nudge from my business mentor who said, this is what you need to say and make sure you're saying it directly. So there's your, another marketing 101 for you because what was staring me right in the face that I couldn't see was that people desire to reclaim their spirituality outside the construct of organized religion. And I was ready to help them on their journey. I just wasn't saying that. And they hadn't found me yet. And now they have. So now we're a couple of years down the road from that first viral video. And I remember every once in a while to post periodically about what it means to be spiritual but not religious. And I felt like it was time to come here and talk to you about that as well. And it's really interesting because talking about this and 
uh, doing some other research, I came ac- across an article where it was talking about being being spiritual but not religious, where a commenter said, I'm a pastor. And I feel like that phrase is overused. Like, okay, here we are several years later, and people inside what you would call the business of spirituality still think that phrase is overused. But what we're missing is that it's only overused inside the construct of what we're talking about. But those who really are looking to understand what it means to be spiritual but not religious don't have a basis for it. They still don't have context around it and they're looking for more information. So I have made this podcast and the, and the accompanying blog, I purposefully made it simple and practical because I don't want this to be something that is going to overwhelm you in any way, shape or form. If, you want, or if you're ready to dive deeper, you can go onto the website numasoul.com where you'll find more of my blogs. Uh, you can spend time here on the podcast, my YouTube channel, but we also have coursework that you can go look at and also my Patreon community where we are truly creating a spiritual collective and we can help you there dive deeper into the spiritual but not religious path. Okay, so let's get started. Number one, spirituality does not need religion's approval to exist. Now that alone is often a huge paradigm shift for people, especially for those whose religious indoctrination compelled them to believe that their spirituality was not quote God approved if they were not in church. And this is absolute nonsense, with all due respect, because sometimes you do have to push back that hard because spirituality can, and it does exist outside the construct of organized religion. But many of us, we were taught to believe that if we weren't in church, we simply weren't being good Christians. Now, I know a pastor at um, one of our former churches even told a member of my family that their son would miss the blessings of heaven if they didn't have him in church. Said that just several years ago. So we're not talking ancient history here. Said that to them. And let's be clear what that is. That is spiritual manipulation. And when you're talking about someone's child, that is spiritual abuse. Because basically what they're saying is that Oh, yeah, we believe in salvation, that you have been baptized and you have believe that Jesus is the Son of God and you believe, believe in the Holy Trinity. But really, to get those blessings of heaven, you really need to be in our church. So that's a very common thing to bring that kind of overlays this whole concept that being saved is simple. But to be obligated to the institution of religion takes a little bit more religion, uh, manipulation. And that's a dangerous place to be. Now, again, we all know that that's not every church, but many of us have that experience where church leaders imply that their church is somehow a conduit to saving one from eternal damnation. But that's not truth. The truth is that religion is a human-made construct. And in its purest form, the religious construct should enrich and nurture our spirituality. And for many people, it does. But for many of us, it doesn't. For many of us, we see that the church has become corrupt because we see these church leaders discovering their power that lie in controlling the spirituality of other humans instead of nurturing them and enriching people's lives so that they can turn back to their own life and be better versions of themselves. And we've seen this throughout history when there are those in power in Christianity weaponized their beliefs 
then aligned with political operatives to oppress the rights of humans. We see this happening right now. And this often has led to people saying, you know what? I'm leaving the church because I'm rejecting this hypocrisy. Or others leave because they just, they, they don't feel that church sees them, that respects them, or no longer serves their highest good. So regardless of whatever reason that people leave, the truth is that spirituality outside of organized religion is just as sacred and meaningful. And that's what people are starting to discover, is that it's not just saying, oh, I, I'm leaving church. I don't have a right anymore to be spiritual. That's not true. You can still find, have an enriching, peaceful, nurturing spirituality. It's just going to look a lot different than what it did when you were in church. Okay, number two, a, spirit, a person's spirituality is as unique as each of our DNA. And I truly believe that. I think that our spiritual communities whether it's in church or however we find community with, with like-minded people, can help hold that space. But that doesn't mean that everyone believes the same thing. And I think even inside really rigid, structured religious systems, you will find people who don't agree with a lot that's being preached, with a lot that's being taught, with the tenets of a faith. But they will often stay put for the community. So they might take their spirituality and take elements of what they believe, but on a personal level, it doesn't enrich them. They're able to leave that at the church doors just so for the sake of being in community. There's nothing wrong with that either. But I believe that spirituality was never supposed to be considered like this cookie cutter approach. So why do people often leave that? It's because they feel that with this cookie cutter approach that the church no longer serves their spirituality because it's packaged in a way that's more about, well, this isn't, I want to be spiritual, but the church often will make it sound like, okay, then do these things, tithe, volunteer for unpaid uh, labor at the church, invite new people to church, don't miss special events and so on and so on. I even know churches that if you missed a Sunday, they were on your door the next day to try to figure out why you weren't there because the control on their congregation was so, so tight. And there's, and in and of itself, not any one of those things are necessarily harmful. Sure, donate to your church if that's what you want to do. Volunteer if that, if that enriches your life. Invite new people if that means something to you. But when it begins to feel as if this is how you are spiritual instead of this is what enriches you, but if, they're, if it's twisted to say like, well, if you want to enrich your spirituality in a way that obligates you to the activities of the church, then that's a whole other situation. Yes, we can volunteer because we want to support, but how is our spirituality being nurtured? And how are we being changed because of the commitment to our spiritual community? All right, moving on. Let's go to number three. No one religion or spiritual path is the true path. I feel like I should say that all the time or put that as the, one of the taglines. I recently interviewed a dear friend of mine on a live stream, I think it was on Instagram, where he was a former evangelical pastor. And we uh, met when I first began teaching online. And he had just left the ministry and was just beginning his deconstructing journey. And we were discussing 
what he used to believe as an evangelical pastor. And he shared that he not only believed that Christianity was the only true path, he thought that his church alone held all the truths for salvation, that only his church was right, no one else. Now, that's not that uncommon. It's not just the extremists that you see in West, the Westboro Baptist Church who believe those kinds of things. A lot of churches in mainstream Christianity believe that only their church is right. Outside of their denomination, only their church is right. He no longer believes this, thank goodness. But the reason why I bring this up is because that very well could still be somewhere inside you, this indoctrinated belief that there is this only one way to believe. There's the, only this one path. And if you're now out here trying to reclaim your spirituality because you want to be spiritual but not religious, yet honor your religious heritage, those might be things that you need to peel back a little bit further to make sure that you're not either responding out of fear, like you're blocking some things where you could learn more or dive into or closer to other religious experiences or spiritual experiences, but you're holding on to this belief that says, ooh, will I go to hell? Will I go to hell if I read the Bhagavad Gita? Will I go to hell if I sit in community with Muslims? Will I go to hell if I don't pray to my Christian God? So those are things that you'll, you, you, you have to ask yourself, where, where is the fear arising and where do you take your healing? Because where are you wanting your spiritual path to go? But to assume that a religion, this one tiny religion that emerged in one tiny speck of the world was going to grow to somehow spread to the point of world dominance, that's, that's a contorted teaching that really twists the scriptures and all that does is serve patriarchal structure nothing more no one ever talks about well you know they'll say things like well people are forgiven because they didn't know about christianity they're not going to hell that's where we start to find the loopholes in this whole evangelical movement and where we need to just pause here and say look I'm not trying to ins intentionally insult any religion, but I want to hold space for the way God is experienced and expressed in all of the world. And what that means for me is that it's time for me to release some of those indoctrinated beliefs that prevent me from understanding how others understand, define, and experience God. So once we can do that, then our curiosity deepens, our compassion expands, and our respect for other traditions just soars, just soars. So let's stay there in that. All right, uh, number four, spirituality existed long before religion. All right, this is pretty straightforward. For centuries, humans have been seeking answers to existential questions. The answers continue to elude us, and I'm glad they do, because like I said, my spirituality 
for years now has been to live in the curious, not to take things so literally that it excludes other people's experiences. But let's also look at how we've evolved because let's face it, we have been evolving. Thankfully, we are no longer offering human sacrifices to appease the gods of the volcanoes. And I say that not laughingly as almost it is, is this is shockingly that we did this. All you have to do is look at the the reports about the Inca Indians and the children who were sacrificed, who knew, at least the adults around them knew these children had been chosen for sacrifice based on their diet and the sedatives that they were giving prior to being sacrificed. This was very much an intentional act to stop the floodwaters and the the natives thought that this is what they needed to do was to sacrifice these children to make this happen. Now we have awakened to a higher level of consciousness that says we don't need to do that anymore. Let's learn to live in the curiosity and wonder. And that can help us remind us that spirituality has always existed outside the construct of organized religion. So what do we have to do to honor where we've come from and look forward to where we're going? And that means where we are right now will change. Our understanding of the divine will change. Our experience of and our connection to humanity will change. And thank goodness it will, because as long as earth continues to be able to evolve and sustain life, then people will look back hundreds of years at our time here and say, did they believe that? Is that what they did? And I hope they do, because that means that they're evolving as we are. We are, we are, we are standing on the shoulders of people who are willing to evolve, and we want people to stand on our shoulders who want to do the same. To stay in a rigid dogma ensures that we are protecting a toxic patriarchal structure that is based on oppression. There will always be a systemic oppressive society in that structure of religion, primarily Christianity, and we don't want that anymore. So we do that by making sure that no one gatekeeps the table of humanity and says that only one religion can be the dominant religion. Besides, we know that the oldest world religion is Hinduism. It dates back to what, 15th century BCE and originated in India? So how can we say that? Because Christianity is relatively new compared to these oldest world religions. So to imply that religion is only is the only way to be spiritual negates the entirety of the human experience that existed outside the construct of organized religion. So yeah, I promise not to say much there, and I did anyway. Okay, the last point I want to make about five things that it means to be spiritual but not religious. The last thing I want to say is this. Just being alive is being spiritual. Just being alive is being spiritual. And that's a different concept because, ooh, and that can make some people mad because what I'm saying is your next breath is as sacred as sitting in the church pew. You're gazing upon nature. You participating in healing the brokenness in the world is sacred, is just as sacred as sitting in the church pew. This concept is simple, but it's considered controversial because it can't be gatekept. It can't be controlled. If people understand 
that being alive is being spiritual. How do you gatekeep that? How do you control that person who understands that I am not obligated to belong to any one religion or construct of or obligated to fund or be a part of any of that? If I want to be, I choose to be because I it enriches my spirituality, that's okay. But if not, me being alive and just breathing is spiritual. And based from there, I'm going to move forward to reclaim my spirituality and discover unique and exciting and enriching and sacred ways to be holy right where I am, right here in my life. Spirituality is that simple, yet we have often been made to believe that it is more about what we do rather than who we are. But the truth is that one's proximity to any religious construct is meaningless if all it is teaching you is to wield your judgment and moral superiority over others. Do I need to say that again? Because sometimes I can even see that sometimes with some of my atheist followers or friends where they become very judgmental about what people believe, what they call, quote, sky daddy. And that is a dogma because I'm not going to make fun of what somebody believes. The only thing I push back on are oppressive beliefs. Those oppressive beliefs that say, oh, because I believe that all that people should go to church. I believe we should have a law that forces all people to go to church. That's religious oppression. That is not a belief. That's a system to control other people. That is That will never be reconciled with spirituality, ever. Ever will that be reconciled with spirituality or the teachings of Jesus. It's merely a power play by church leaders that weaponize their uh, beliefs to, to oppress others, particularly those who don't look like, love like, or believe like they do. But any spiritual teaching or practice should help you turn back to your life as a better version of yourself. How many times do I have to say that? Your practices should help equip you to work toward the good of the whole and leave the world a better place because you were in it. That is living a sacred life. That is being spiritual. But dear ones, what the most sacred and vital part of your spirituality is sitting with yourself to discover what is inside you that needs light or deserves light, or is asking for light so that you begin to work to heal what's broken and to release what no longer serves your highest good. One of the songs I discovered in uh, seminary was called, is called Everything is Holy Now. And I want to read to you one of the verses. It's by Peter Mayer, if you want to look this up. I think I put it in the show notes. Um, This morning outside I stood, I saw a little red-winged bird shining like a burning bush and singing like a scripture verse. It made me want to bow my head. I remember when church let out, how things have changed since then, because everything is holy now. In other words, beloved, the entirety of our lives is holy and a miracle because it is so easy to compartmentalize our spirituality and to dress it up in our Sunday best and go to church to be seen and check it off like it's a list. But, and I'm not going to pretend that I have all the answers of what it means to be spiritual but not religious. No one can. And anybody who tells you that they do, I'd run as fast as you could away from them because no one should be asserting they have all the answers. Spirituality is less about the answers with 100% certainty and more about sitting with the questions. And some of them may never be answered and that is okay. 
It is my belief that a lot of the questions around spirituality were never intended to be answered. That's what we humans have gotten wrong all along. Now remember this. Spirituality is not contingent upon anyone's or religion's approval. Spirituality is as unique as your DNA, and I encourage you to explore the spiritual but not religious path because I want to tell you it is safe here. It is sacred here. All are welcome here. No one is turned away, just as it always was supposed to be. And blessed be. Okay, beloveds, I am so honored to be in this space with you. We will continue this conversation over in in social media world and also on my Patreon channel. Join us there where we're building a beautiful spiritual collective. I pray that you receive something today. I know I did because the teacher teaches what she needs to hear. And now, beloveds, go in peace and be at peace. Go in love and may you be loved. Go and know that others are on this journey with you and you are not alone. You are seen and deeply and unconditionally loved just the way you are. Blessings on your week and I will see you soon. Bye for now. Thanks for listening. Be sure to like and subscribe to Spirituality Matters wherever you listen to podcasts. You can watch the uncut version of today's episode on YouTube. Be sure to like and subscribe to Rev Carla's channel for more videos. Submit questions for upcoming Q&A videos or topics of discussion to spiritualitymatters at revcarla.com. As always, follow at RevCarla on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and Pinterest for more spirituality teachings. Bye for now!